Oh, welcome back, everybody, to... Here on Not Edge Radio 99.3 FM. It's been a long time since I've ever uttered those words. My name is Benjamin, and this is... Shoot. Shoot. Uh, the, the dear old favourite person that is... Shoot. How are you, Shoot? I'm pretty good. I dropped my glasses on the floor. Is that why you said Shoot? It now, now, how how's your week been? How how has the life of shoot been in in the Listening? Very good. You want to speak to the microphone? Very good. <laughs> Maybe not that much. Um, we had a pretty interesting week. It was AFL Grand Final week. Our first time celebrating it in New Zealand. Uh, we were in a room mixed with Brazilians, uh, uh, English slash New Zealander, a New Zealander, and one other Australian. Uh, how do you think yesterday went in terms of that? day well gws lost they did we i i don't think it was the greatest grand final for some other people to watch um you you've seen two and a half of them i guess you kind of saw the 2007 one um seven uh, 17 one you could have seen the 2007 one i don't know you were 11 you might have been really into it you just never told me um what was the most entertaining part for you yesterday my shift supervisor training book (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mallory actually sat down on the couch and actually started um, training herself because you weren't watching the game. It was a pretty rubbish game, to be honest, really. Um, I was sad that GWS didn't win, but at the same time, I also don't really care because I like Richmond and we live in a world... I-, I was trying to explain this to Mallory. This would be like in five years' time if Vancouver have won two Stanley Cups. Like, just you can't fathom it right now that that's a thing that legitimately is the case, right? What even more so the Leafs, more so than the what if the Leafs and Canucks met each other next year in the Stanley Cup final? That'd be amazing. How how would you feel if the oh, sorry when the Canucks lose inevitably in Game Seven hey. after losing three two? Sad. I would riot. <laughs> in the cargo. How would you riot? I would run around the streets going. Ah. <laughs> Would you flip a car upside down and go? Aah! Yeah, all by myself, and I jump on top like a like a velociraptor. <laughs> How do you think the Invercargill police would react to you going? Uh, they would go... let me continue. <laughs> they would, do you think because they would I would explain that I'm Canadian and I was angry about hockey. But then they would probably go, "Oh, hey, what's hockey?" So I'm not too sure how that would play out. To be honest with you. Um, I can't see you rioting. I, I think you're like the last person I could see rioting. Did you join in the riots in 2010? I did. Were there actually any riots in Victoria? I have no idea. You don't know? I have no idea. You can't remember it? No idea. No. All right. What are you doing right now? Meow. What are you doing? Meow. He's holding a cat. Meow. And he's going to bite you probably in meow. a second. Come on, Stiggy. Go meow. 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 No. He's, ow, he's scratching my man boob. <laughs> <laughs> careful where he's attacking things going that way um yeah all right meow. well we're gonna go into uh, another segment and meow right it is that time of the week where we get into another classic do's of our pies episode finding out what is happening in ramsey bay from all those years ago when we used to do a silly little soap opera radio drama thingy majiggy we're still in season one we're up to episode 10 let's find out what's happening previously on days of our pies and the attack on australia is to happen right here in ramsey bay who who then tell me it's the aliens doctor the aliens from space this was for me billy you happy now bro 
You just killed two innocent people, one of whom was a fine-looking specimen. Oh my god! That's him! That's the doctor in the car! With Kevin Rudd? Hold it right there, you three! You're all under arrest! Hello, Frank. I see you're still with the policeman here. Oh my gosh! Barry? That's right. It's me, Frank. Your brother. Like pastry in the oven, these are the days of our pies. I'm Lisa Jones, and these are the days of our pies. After yet another character is revealed to be someone's family member, town policeman Frank Cakeman stood in shock realizing that the evil doctor who everyone assumed was the evil mastermind behind the plans of the day was his brother, who he hadn't seen in ten years. Barry? Barry? Is it you? Oh my gosh, it is you! This is... I don't know what this is. I can't work work out if this is good or bad. Well... That's a good thing, as you can't exactly arrest your own brother now, can you? I have to do, Barry. You helped that evil fine-looking specimen this month and destroy the hospital, which led to the death of Roy Bolasirio's illegitimate son, Billy Muslibar, who was also Lisa's long-last son. The events that you have caused today have devastated this town forever. But it was for all good reasons, my dear brother. And now you must let me go, as there is a far bigger threat that we need to take care of. And what is that, then? I need you to explain everything to me. As you wish, my dear brother. Barry Doctor explained everything to Frank, with Roy Ball of Cyril and General Store owners George and Jennifer Pyman listening as well. Well, so in a nutshell, former CIA agent and a fan-looking one at that, Lisa Merton was sent to Ramsey Bay to eliminate both Roy Bolasirial and Billy Muzilabar for leaving the toilet seat up. And when she failed by shooting them, she hired you, Barry, freelance hitman who had a cover at the hospital as a doctor to blow them up. Meanwhile, Lisa, who had been sought after by former Prime Minister John Howard for the job, was actually his long-lost daughter. And then, when you, Barry, thought your job was over, you could go home. Prime Minister Kevin Rudd, an agent Schinkter, hired you to protect Australia against an impending alien attack. You pretty much hit the nail right on the head there. You're bloody nuts, I tell you. That sounds like a script from a soap opera. I think you've gone loopy in the ten years I haven't seen you. Believe it or not, Frank, it's going to happen in just three days. So you need to make a decision to arrest me or not. Keeping in mind that it is just maybe the wrong decision. And you could cost everyone in Australia and the world their life. Frank thinks about it long and hard before deciding to arrest his brother, as well as Kevin Rudd. And Agent Sphincter. Sorry, guys, I have to do my job. You're all under arrest for aiding and abetting a known criminal, as well as for terrorist activities involving the destruction of a public building and for the murder of little Billy Muslibar. What the F? Why are you arresting me? This is an outrage! An outrage, I tell you! You're making one old tribe of a mistake, you geezer! This is gonna cost you a whole bag of chips! Think this through, Frank. Think this through. You really shouldn't let... Your feelings for me cloud your judgment. I'm not, Barry. I'm just doing my job. If it's a wrong call, then I'll have to deal with that. Frank puts all three in the police car, which is now quite full with four different people under arrest. Frank turns to George and Jennifer, who will no longer fit in the car. Sorry, guys. You're going to have to make your own way home from here. I'll get dispatchers in the car and take you back to your store. That's okay, Frank. We can just walk. The fresh air will do us good. 
Rogue gets back in the car and drives back to the station, leaving George and Jennifer to walk back to the general store. Ah, Jennifer, why did all this stuff have to happen today? What good will come from any of it? And why, oh why must you look so damn hot and purple? I don't know, George, but I was wondering if that story was telling the truth about the aliens. I hardly doubt it, Jennifer. I mean, come on now. Aliens attacking the Earth? That's a little bit far-fetched, don't you think? Just then, a loud explosion is heard. I have no idea. Oh my god, Jennifer, look! That's our shop! It's on fire! Now, what is going on? George and Jennifer rush back into town where they are confronted by a massive saucer-like vehicle which has just landed. Oh my god! It's an alien spaceship! The door of the craft opens and a small red creature covered in slime walks out. Ah, oh, Jennifer! What the hell is that? Greetings, Earthlings. My name is Dip Dap Doo. And as of this moment, your time now belongs to me. Does Ramsey Bay now in fact belong to Dip Dap Doo? Why have the aliens arrived early to Ramsey Bay? Have Frank, Kevin Rudd, Agent Sphincter, Roy Baller Serial and Barry Doctor survived the destruction of the police station? And how much Farfetch can this season get? Find out next time on Days of Pies. so exciting so incredible and you're so darn excited that you listen to that it's been some time since we've had this man on the show but it's a perfect time to have this man on the show i do of course speak of mr colin hilding colin welcome back to the oz network um sorry for my absence canadians have kind of been hiding in shame for a while for reasons we're about to discuss and i just mentioned it's the brink actually they're not the oz network get, get with the right <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what fucking show I'm doing. Can I anymore. just go back and introduce myself as Nick Chester? <laughs> Any person with a brain would edit that out, but apparently not. <laughs> um, yeah, what show are we doing? Um, Justin Trudeau. Colin, Justin Trudeau. What? What's, Never heard of him. <laughs> what's, what's going on there? Uh, what's happening? What is going on there? Um... <laughs> it's It feels wrong to laugh at. It's just... Uh, uh, the one thing I'll say is that, you know, people have always sort of prided themselves on, even if they didn't vote for Justin Trudeau, even if they didn't support him, they're like, you know, at least we don't have to be ashamed like people would be of Trump. And people are s- certainly still saying, you know, Trump would still be worse, but we're not bragging anymore. <laughs> this guy just is he's putting his foot in his mouth. I, mean, I think it was a couple months ago when we talked about, you know, the SNC-Lavalin um, scandal, which was just, you know, a bad look it was you know kind of like crooked politics and did we talk about the water bottle incident yes yes we did yeah yes. so that's when it starts to get embarrassing of ooh, this guy might not be as smart or well-spoken or intelligent as you thought and then blackface slash brown face it, <laughs> it never ends i mean I'll, I'll just say this i was on vacation from work for a week when this broke and i came back and i'm like so uh, i missed the whole like Justin Trudeau cosplay thing. <laughs> I was like, how do you say that in a work environment? Like, oh, you mean the blackface brown face? I'm like, is this guy making a career out of it now? Because like every single day there's a new video of like, here's when he did in 2006. Here's when he did in 2001. Here's one from 1998. Like he literally has spent a, uh, his entire adult life 
doing blackface. And yet, how has this never been public before now? I My favourite bit of the whole situation is he was doing that interview with a reporter and he's kind of like, you know, no, it was wrong. You know, I, I, I didn't know back then. I know now. And then the reporter's like, <laughs> So just, uh, Justin, uh, how many times have you done this? Like, can, yeah. <laughs> well, well, there was that one time, and and yeah, so, so are you sure that there's no other incidents? Yeah, not from that I can recall. Like every day, as you said, like twenty new ones pop out. Like it's just what's yeah. going on? How can you? How like I I remember the one time that I very nearly did blackface. I my twenty first birthday, I it was an eighties theme, so I went as Michael Jackson, and I legitimately had dark skin makeup that I was going to do. I stopped myself from doing that because I thought, mm. no, probably shouldn't do this. This isn't right. And I don't want to look back at my 21st when I'm Prime Minister of Canada with blackface. Yes. <laughs> but, like, it's kind of... It's well, it's an odd thing to just have, as you said, that this has taken so long to come out, and then all of a sudden, 20 more of these appear in the next day. Yeah. It's... But you also look at, like, him saying, well, I didn't know back then. Like, it wasn't that long ago. And <laughs> you mentioned, like, uh, what, uh, I don't know what year that was where you were turning 20. What year was that? Uh, 2008, that was. So 2008, I mean, you knew it was a bad idea then. Let's go back even further than this, because I think the earliest video of the surface like, 1998 or something like that with him, or maybe 96, something like that. Uh, you know, Mallory's a big fan of, like, you know, White Christmas and classic movies like that. White Christmas was sort of a follow-up to a movie called um, Holiday Inn, where Bing Crosby did a musical number in blackface. That movie was made in, like, the 1940s. Um, by the 1980s, that scene had been cut out of the movie. We're talking longer than you've been alive. People knew this isn't okay. And this guy did it time and time again. And... It wasn't like, oh, I'm doing this. One of the things that's come out is, of course, you would think like the um, – what was that thing in the 50s, the communist scare, the McCarthyism, where it was like, have you now or have you ever been you know, a member of the Communist Party? That's what Canada has become. <laughs> the leader of the Green Party uh, it, it recently came out and said – she sat down and she asked her staff, have any of you ever done blackface? <laughs> now this has become like the McCarthy's. Like, have you now or have you ever done blackface? And one of her um, candidates came forward and said, I have done this before, but it was on television – it was on the CBC, which is like the national network in Canada. It receives government funding. It was for a sketch comedy show. I did not script it. I did not produce it. I simply performed in it. So she's like, I'll stand by you. But thank you for coming forward and being brave. <laughs> but like with Trudeau, this is like him at parties. Like every single time he's a concert but I know, blackface. How about brownface? <laughs> he's just going to run out of ethnicity soon to color himself as for parties. I do have to laugh at some of the memes and that are going out there. And there was a politician oh, oh, in yes. Europe who basically opened. He was he was um, of dark skin. I don't know where he's from. I don't want to automatically assume where he's from, but um, and he opened up his press conference by saying, "Hello, I'm Justin Trudeau." So, I think you seen the Aladdin one by now yeah. too. <laughs> there was also the one of um somebody like dubbed you know on uh your emojis how when you've got like the faces you can kind of it's got gradual skin tone changes so they've added Justin Trudeau's face to that one um and then uh what was it it was like um somebody shared a picture of a like a black Labrador and it was kind of like oh this is my dog Justin Trudeau he's actually a golden retriever or something like that. <laughs> 
Um, do you, is this is this seriously like he was in a bit of trouble before this? It wasn't kind of like he was, yeah. you know, expected to he's, win. But has, how has this affected his chances even more now? What four weeks out from the election? Yeah, well, I mean, he does not have strong competition. Let's just say that. Uh, so there's still, I think, a chance he's going to have maybe a minority government. But it's like it's not a minority government anybody's bragging about. Is it a minority uh, government loses- because he's dressing up as a minority or? Yeah, exactly. Well, it'll be fitting. <laughs> this is all meant to make him feel comfortable again. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's it's really tough because you see all these polls come out and some of the polls can be misleading where, you know, the, the Canadians are being polled. Are you disappointed with this? And it's like unanimous. Yes. Is this going to affect your vote? And it's like, not really. Like the majority of people are saying it's not going to affect my vote. But yet day after day, they are slipping further and further in the polls. And the reason isn't because of the blackface is because that is the smallest issue when it comes to him because he's he's got scandal after scandal after scandal and so many people in his own party who keep coming out and saying like I didn't support this guy and he kicked me out like I, the one that just came out this past week was there was a, a female member of parliament that he had where uh, he had kicked her out or something like that because she wouldn't publicly say that he was a feminist and I mean, he's the one thing that you could say about him is that I don't think that he has bad intentions I think that he's naive. He wants to be perceived as something, and he tries hard, but he doesn't have the self-awareness to realize certain things aren't appropriate. Like the, It was considered, I guess, slightly controversial when he assigned his cabinet, and he said, we are going to guarantee it is a 50-50 split of men and women in the cabinet. And some people were like, well, that's great. And then other people were like, right, but now you're just picking them based on their gender and not their experience. And his party already was elected to a majority government with probably the largest amount of inexperienced, like first time, you know, campaigners ever. So he has a government made up of people with no experience. He himself had very little experience before he was elected prime minister. And he wanted to be perceived as like, I'm I'm pushing for for women in politics. But he actually is apparently takes offense if somebody else won't say you're a feminist, and he kicks them out and he ends up shooting himself in the foot for that. So it's things like that and then the SNC-Lavalin um, scandal that's affecting him more than anything else that it just seems like they're slipping the polls. It, it is true when the polling is saying, you know, oh, this isn't going to affect our vote because he's in blackface. No, because your vote was affected by something else. It's interesting the media on this side of the world kind of, has not really reported on everything that's led up to this. So you see headlines of like, oh, will Blackface finally take the shine off Justin Trudeau and things like that? <laughs> like it's kind of, it's this it's this odd narrative on this side of the world that Trudeau is loved and revered by everyone yeah. over there. And I think, well, no, it's, that's because you just post things about him having a nice bum. And so we all assume yeah, exactly. that <laughs> Trudeau is, is Mr. Perfect. So, um, who, who, who is the one though that if he loses, what's our Mr. Opposition leader? What's, what's he like? Uh, Andrew Shear. Um, I, <laughs> I imagine zero personality, like, uh, <laughs> or possibly if you have less than that, you could tell just by looking at the guy, like, it, it no charisma, no personality. I think the area where Trudeau was making some ground is he was holding like the conservative party, a lot of them accountable for what they did beforehand. It's like this person in 1995 said this and he was starting to actually make a lot of ground in the election before this came out by doing that. And then as soon as the blackface thing came out and he's saying, don't hold me accountable for what I did before, his entire campaign against the opposition was like irrelevant now. Now he can't say anything. But 
there's nothing much you can say about Andrew Shear other than just like he's he's a human being. He he exists. Um, and then you have which I, I think could make a lot of ground. The uh, I can't remember what his first name is. His last name Singh. Uh, he's the the leader of the NDP party. He is Sikh. And so Justin Trudeau was cosplaying as him, I guess, a couple of years ago. <laughs> and he's basically saying, I'm not going to exonerate him. I am not going to allow this. You know, th- whether he apologizes or not, this is not okay. There's a guy who can actually capitalize on this because it is his people that Justin Trudeau, you know, had in a way made fun of. They might, people just, voters might just get confused and think that they are voting for Yeah, Justin exactly. Trudeau, so. <laughs> It's like, oh, he's gone too far this time. He's got the beard now too. Yeah, really, really putting it out there. It's interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. And I, I, I did one of those online tests where it's kind of like, who would you vote for? And kind of, you know, did all this. And it, it comes up with a picture of each of the people. And I knew, I knew who Trudeau was. I knew who Singh was. I knew uh, the the Greens lady was. Um, and then I saw a picture of the yeah the guy you're just talking about, and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? And I just put like. <laughs> Because he looks so boring. But I want to be careful in saying that, Colin, because your government's trying to let me into your country. So if he's the Prime Minister and he listens to this, um, you're great. You are Mr. Personality. You are the greatest man ever. Let me into your country. Just out of curiosity, when you took that questionnaire, what would you fit in? Was one of the questions, have you now or have you ever appeared in blackface <laughs> <laughs> no but i believe they've added that since um i was yeah. <laughs> actually i was actually uh slightly concerned at the end of it that um according to my viewpoints i was also very much closely related to the quebecois party like the free yeah, the separatists <laughs> yeah so um there you go uh maybe i am destined to live in montreal and fight the good fight right <laughs> not sure how that well works. hey i mean james bond fought with the taliban so he did. um <laughs> Quick fire question before we let you go. Obviously, the new NHL season is set to begin this week too. Uh, Leafs, are they going to do it? Of course they are. <laughs> That's the correct answer every year until it happens. Yeah, well, it worked for Richmond supporters in the AFL, and they eventually won a premiership, so good for them. Um, and the Raptors, I mean, look, you know, they. I, I can't imagine that city surviving if the Leafs made it that far. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, oh. it's a, a sport that the Raptors did, uh, that the city didn't give a shit about, you know, three weeks before the NBA finals. And <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, we'll see how it happens. Colin, always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us and, uh, make sure you put away the blackface makeup. Uh, thank you for having me here on the Oz Network, the the brain. All right. We generally have a quiz at some point each week. And, uh, this week, we're going to quiz Mallory on the AFL theme songs because she knows most of them, I think, right? She's yawning already. I need you, as much as I love you and that you're cuddling me, it's really nice and sweet, I actually need you to kind of just get off me for a moment because I need to play these, otherwise you can't hear them. All right, so I'm going to press shuffle on this and you've got to guess, tell me which song it is. Are you ready? Let's do this. This is the first one. I have to say, this is probably equal bottom worst song in the AFL. The power. Poured out of the way? Correct. Well done. It's terrible. All right. There's like five lyrics. Next. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Sorry for that, people. Chill, chill the 
Who's it? S- red and white? Not S. No. The Swan. Correct. Where are they from? Sydney. Well done. Ah, oh. you know this one. It's the Gold Coast song. No, it's not. It's the G. No. no. You were at a game with me in Melbourne and you were dancing to this because they beat us. Oh. They just said the name. I wasn't listening. The Bulldogs. The Bulldogs, congratulations. Now you got to know this one. Carlton. No. <laughs> no. Um. Oh, it's Brisbane. I love this song. Yeah. It's Princess Latham. Ha, 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 now, come on. It's your favourite. That's the Docker song. It is the Docker song. I don't recognise the beginning. I only know, like, the chorusy part. This is, like, the old version where it takes forever to get into it. They've shortened it now. But, uh, yeah. Right. I'm not actually keeping track. You've got them all right, technically, but I kind of thought you would. Well, you got a few wrong when I helped you. This is equal bottom worst with Port Adelaide. You're not in a minute. It's like an actual song. Related to Fremantle. They made the grand final last year. They won the grand final last year. I don't know what you can just answer then. West Coast. Yeah. Boring. Now, you may have heard this one yesterday a few times. Need to speak. Tigers! <laughs> Sitting down below the microphone. Alright. This is the one you know. It's the reworked version. I don't know if you know this one. It's a grand old flag, it's a high flying flag, it's the emblem. You have a guess? Hang on, you hear the colours. I don't actually know if they even say the name of the team in this song. Who's red and blue? It's Melbourne. Melbourne Demons. Yep. This one's the easiest, probably all of them. Literally just use it. Yep. Yes. I'm so glad you know our song. All right. Just so she's answering in the background. Now this one you should know. We never heard it when we were there, so it's alright. <laughs> You've only heard this about 500 times during the week. Ready? Oh, it's a big, big sound of the west of the town. It's the sound of the mighty giants. It's so sad we didn't hear this yesterday. Well, we did, but then they lost. So. I think that's it. Oh no, you haven't heard this one. No, Essendon's not on this list, thankfully. 
Better say the team. North Melbourne. And that's it. Oh no, one more. This one's sort of connected to you. Good job. And I don't know, I keep thinking there's one more, but then this is still going. Alright, this one's related to something that's on your lap. We are Geelong, the greatest team of all. There we go, alright. Did that sound a bit inappropriate when I said that? Stand, stand up for our listener. It'd be great if you could stand up and actually talk. Say hello, there she is. Alright, we're going to go back into the next segment I know, and he's being naughty Alright Interview time, haven't done this in some time And I thought we'd bring back an interview that I personally love doing I'm a huge fan of the Mighty Ducks movie franchise And several years ago I was lucky enough to sit down with the man who played Greg Goldberg The goalie In all three of the Mighty Ducks movies Mr. Sean Weiss And here is that interview that I had with him for you right now now. Sean Weiss is best known for his role as Greg Goldberg in the Mighty Ducks trilogy from the early 1990s. And he's also enjoyed great success on TV and film, being in such movies as Drew Taylor and Heavyweights, as well as TV shows such as Freaks and Geeks, The King of Queens, Las Vegas, and Crossing Jordan. I spoke to Sean about the possibilities of a fourth Mighty Ducks movie, as well as the movie's legacy here in Australia. Sean, welcome to the Brink and Edge Radio. Quack, quack. How you doing, Ben? I am doing very well. It's a quacking pleasure to have you here on the show today. Um, I, I'm not sure I've ever said that to a guest before, but you are the first, and I, I feel honoured to be able to say it to, to you. It, it, it's appropriate. Yeah, it, it really is. I, uh, I, I get quacked at all the time, so <laughs> it's nothing new to me, Ben. No, I, I, can, I can imagine. I mean, it, it's kind of actually fascinating slash amazing slash scary to think that uh, this year, 2014, it's 20 years since the second Mighty Ducks movie back in 1994. I mean, I, I can imagine it doesn't really seem like it's been two decades since you had those skates on and, and we're playing Goldberg. No, it kind of feels like yesterday, but, uh, you know, it, it, has been a, it has been a while. I'm hoping for uh, D4. There's been some news lately about possibly rounding up the Ducks to do another one. But, yeah, it doesn't feel like it's been been so long i haven't gotten any taller by the way i'm still the same height that i was before right well you've gotten thinner though that's one thing that some people i think are seeing the pictures of you nowadays uh you know we all remember kind of you know a bit chunky goldberg in those goals but now um you know quite thin goldberg if there was to be a i ran i ran out of cheeseburger money ben (laughs) now i when i was uh when i was about 19 i started doing this show called tony danza show and they hired me a trainer uh, just so I'd be, uh, you know, fit. And I walked in the the trainer's studio one day. He was a private trainer, and it was me, uh, uh, Will Smith, and Bruce Lee's daughter, Shannon Lee. Wow! I don't know how I ended up in that room, but I ended <laughs> up losing about fifty pounds. And then the rest I just lost through poor diet and heavy drug use along the, the decade afterwards. Right, right. So that's the secret then to losing weight. Maybe that's what I need to take up. Um, you, is that, is <laughs> that what you're no saying? Secret, it's not a secret. Everyone knows but you. <laughs> right. Oh, damn it. Gee, where have I been living? It's, it's here in Australia. I mean, you know, we're just uh, we're not getting all the, the secrets here. Well, the, the non-secrets, I should say. It's maybe- the L.A. diet. That's what they call the L.A. diet. <laughs> maybe just enter a room with Will Smith and uh, Bruce Lee's daughter and you just lose weight. Kind of. It's, yeah, uh, that's kind of how worked out the guy had running up and down staircases and we'd go for long walks on the beach and i'm not kidding i mean that's really what the workout consisted of and he used to charge me about 250 a day and uh within that price he would he would show up and make my meals for me 
And, uh, you know, this guy was the real deal. Like, if I didn't show up for a training session, he would knock on my door, literally. Wow. Jeez. Kind of like the uh, the biggest loser on crack, almost, without the cameras. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, I saw in an interview you did sort of talking about uh, the possibility of a, of a fourth Mighty Ducks movie. They asked you in that interview if um, asked would you put on the weight to play on Goldberg, and you said you would. So, I mean, it could just all go down the toilet pretty quickly then. Yeah, I could be in a total uh, reversal. I could just get really uh, fat. Uh, all over again in, un- in an unhealthy way. I'm actually in Arkansas right now, and I'm gearing up for a national stand-up tour, and my fiancé is trying to fat me up, so I'm eating, like, <laughs> m- double cheeseburgers every morning, followed by pizza, and it's really an interesting position to be in because all my life people were like, hey, you should, you know, lose a little weight, and now people are just shoving food in front of my face. <laughs> so I can literally eat whatever I want, and it's liberating, I'm not going to lie. Well, it's, it's not exactly a bad thing to prepare for a role, should the should the fourth one happen. I mean, what is there a latest on the fourth one? I sort of read that same interview. You mentioned that you guys were going to get together for kind of a catch-up reunion barbecue. I mean, is there, is there talk going on amongst you guys that this could happen? There's talk going on, you know, against the different media, uh, you know, in the different media outlets. I don't really know what's going on. I do know, as I said in that in that other interview, that uh, I was contacted by the producers, and we are having sort of a reunion barbecue. And this producer, if I know this guy the way I think I know him, uh, he's he's the type of guy that would do that, like call everyone in for a barbecue and then give a talk and be like, "Well, guys, guess what? We're doing another movie." But uh, as of as of now, I don't. It's not official. But I can just imagine, I mean, I think the world wants it, right? Yes. Doesn't, don't we want a D4? We do. It's kind of that age now where we're either getting sequels from movies about 20 or 30 years later, or they just reboot them. So hopefully it will be a sequel, and we're not going to reboot the damn thing. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I heard rumors, um, as far as a reboot goes, where they would pick up uh, the cast like in their you know in their 50s and 60s and like uh you know my character would be reprised by like a Jim Belushi kind of guy <laughs> and uh you know coach Bombay Emilio Estevez would be played by his dad uh, Marty Sheen so I don't know that just sounds like some internet rumor but yeah I'm with you I hope it's not a reboot and I would you know I would definitely entertain the idea and if they wanted me to gain 50 pounds I would definitely be their hamburger whore for that, for sure. <laughs> I, I would love them if they do a fourth one to kind of have Coach Bombay have a crazy brother played by Emilio Estevez's real-life brother and Charlie Sheen now to see how that would can- work. Ben, you should be one of the writers. I'm, I think that would make perfect sense. Yes. Well, look, you know, hook me up. We'll uh, we'll, we'll co-write something here, Sean, perhaps, and, um, <laughs> you know, get it all going. I mean, do you stay in touch with many of the, the cast of the film still? I do, you know, I haven't, uh, you know, I'm in touch with a few of the guys, like Averman, uh, the guy who played Averman. His name is Matt Doherty. He's a really good buddy of mine, and we stay in touch. And, uh, you know, a few of the other kids, uh, the kid who played Carp, mm-hmm. his name is Aaron Schwartz. We we tend to bump into each other. And I'm Facebook friends with, uh, you know, the uh, the Bash brothers. Brilliant. So there is, you know, there there's light contact. But, you know, aside from, like, Josh Jackson, who you know from, uh, you know, one of his TV shows, or Keenan, who's on Saturday Night Live, most of the other Ducks have gone on to, like, different walks of life. You know, like, uh, some of them are bartenders. Uh, some of them are just sitting at the bar getting tended by <laughs> and i know uh, i know like you know vinny vincent larusso last he played banks mm-hmm. and last time i heard from him he was actually uh tending bar somewhere one of the stranger stories is uh mike vitar 
I wonder what, what was his name in the oh, Mendoza. Yes. He turned himself into a firefighter. Wow. So if you want to run into him, uh, go to Los Angeles and set a building on fire, <laughs> and he'll show up. And he's just like this muscle guy now wow. that saves people's lives. That's so, yeah, I mean, everyone's just kind of, uh, you know, went in all these different directions, which is why it'd be really cool to see everybody back together again, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sort of, I, I did a rewatch of all three of them recently, actually, and it was sort of, um, you know, you know, as you do when you watch a movie you haven't seen in a while, you jump onto IMDb, Wikipedia, you're trying to see what they've been up to since. And, um, yeah. I mean, even Emilio Estevev. Hey, have a girlfriend or something? What are you doing watching these movies? Uh, right? you're... you know, just um, being bored. Actually, yeah. I, I tried to get my fiancé to, to watch them. She watched the first one with me, and then in the second one, she's like, we <laughs> Isn't this exactly the same as what happened in the it's, last one? It's the same movie, right? Yeah. Like, Except now these kids all just feel like they think they're movie stars now. Yes, I'm like, they're playing for the USA now. Don't you see the difference? <laughs> they're beating Iceland. Come on. Yeah, Iceland. And then in some freakish turn of events, we, we were, you know, a world-class team, and then we went back to play high school hockey. Yes, so yes, exactly. It is a Disney movie, folks. It is a Disney movie. Uh, I mean, I, I read that growing up you were a big fan of, of the Philadelphia Flyers. So, I mean, you obviously were a hockey fan yourself i mean was this kind of a dream then when this all came about that you get to play you well, play a character in a hockey movie uh that is a lie i don't know where you read that there are many lies floating around i had never had any interest in hockey whatsoever um i never liked the hockey team but after we made the first movie i completely fell in love with the sport and uh i actually became a uh you know a, a new jersey devils fan ah. and then later an anaheim ducks fan but i really wasn't into hockey at all and then when we were making the movie we were ju- we were just exposed to the sport um on such a level we were just entrenched in it and you know we got to meet some of the great players during the time like you know mike madano and uh you know some of the like paul korea we got to hang yes. out with we got to hang out with timu salani a bunch gretzky wayne gretzky oh yeah do a film with him yeah he came <laughs> down he was in one of the movies and and that was that was amazing so during i would say the first movie practically all of us fell in love with uh with the sport and we'd end up you know just playing uh i guess it was on playstation at the time and we you know we'd go skate and shoot the movie and then come home at night and and play hockey video games. So I would say it's fair to say we all kind of fell in love with hockey. But I don't know that any of any of the actors really you know knew anything about hockey before we we made the movies. Hmm. Well, maybe they um this wherever I read that from they're basically claiming because you did wear Philadelphia Flyers um gear in that first movie. So perhaps they've just assumed hey, sure must have been a Flyers fan to yeah, be wearing those in the movie. That's an assumption because you know, like I say, I mean, I I didn't even know who the Philadelphia Flyers were. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, you know, since then, you know, I've I've just you know been a devout hockey fan. Did you have to learn to skate for the movie? Did you know how to skate before you could play Goldberg? No, we, we nobody knew how to skate. Maybe there was one kid that knew how to skate, but we had a training camp for I want to say 2 months and uh they brought us to Minnesota and they hired like, you know, the the best hockey coaches in the country, guys that coached the USA team, uh, the Olympic team, and we literally just learned how to play hockey from you know, from from being novices, I spent it. I spent the first two weeks literally on my backside, <laughs> uh, and just in pain from falling. And most of us wanted to quit. You know, ice skating is not easy, and then on top of it, you're learning a sport. So uh, yeah, we we uh, we all get we all had to learn how to play. Mm, so those early scenes of District Five falling over each other. I mean, that wasn't acting. That was just them filming you in training. That was real, man. <laughs> and then I would say, you know, by the end of the first movie. 
we were all like you know fairly competent on skates um I do remember however they we were all i guess you know fourteen fifteen or maybe a little younger, and at one point they brought in a local team of seven year olds <laughs> and they literally just wiped the ice with us. <laughs> we were all starting to get confident in our hockey abilities, but these kids from minnesota they they literally they come out of the womb. Uh, and then they put their first skates on. Like before they can walk, they can skate. So we got we got our butts handed to us a few times by like some little little kids, and they would trash talk too. You wow. know what I mean? Like there's nothing like getting you know being a 13 year old getting trash talked by a six year old. Wow. So we had to deal with that. That's incredible. I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting, the legacy of the films in, in this country. I mean, I am a fan of ice hockey based on purely watching the Mighty Ducks movies. And actually, we just recently had um, the very first Australian to be drafted into the NHL, uh, Nathan Walker. And we had him on the show a few weeks ago. And he actually said the reason he got into ice hockey was after watching the Mighty Ducks movies. So, uh, wow. Th- that's the legacy because it's not obviously a very, uh, you know, hugely popular sport in Australia. But uh, so many people, Sean grew up watching these movies, so we fell in love with the sport based purely on seeing you and, and the gang uh, playing ice hockey. That is so cool. I'm going to have to, like, have you help me get in touch with him because literally I'm in the process right now of making a documentary about me traveling around doing stand-up, but I'm doing stand-up in places like where I go and meet fans in their hometowns, and these are fans that, like, say that their lives were altered by the, by the movies. And, uh, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm trying to get in touch with them, go spend the day with them, and then perform stand-up comedy, uh, like, that night in their neighborhood. So I've heard stories like this where people, you know, became goaltender because of uh, Goldberg the goalie or <laughs> just got into hockey, like you mentioned. What was that guy's name that you just said? Uh, Nathan Walker. He's uh, Nathan drafted Walker. by the Washington Capitals. Oh, wow, man. i got to get in touch with that guy because... That's really the whole purpose of my documentary is going out and meeting people like that and, uh, you know, talking with them and, and hearing about how we or I or that or the movies influence them. So that's really fascinating that you mentioned that. Well, well I definitely want to talk and about... Good for him. Yeah, well, I want to talk about this um, this uh, Kickstarter thing that you're about to do in just a sec. But, I mean, kind of locally here in, in Tasmania, I mean, we have our local uh, Tasmanian Ice Hockey League, which uh, we do commentary call the games on each week here and actually i had a a comment uh from one of uh the players of the the league just elliot who is actually a goaltender of course <laughs> and uh he's actually written saying oh my god goldberg is my hero <laughs> so i mean do you have any do you have any tips for our local goaltenders of of the experience you gained as playing goldberg sean uh, i would say don't be afraid of the puck uh, if you are your your coach might strap you to a gold post and have the rest <laughs> of the team shoot pucks at you uh no goal goal i mean you know goal being the goaltender is definitely uh in my opinion the the funnest position to play the most fun position to play i guess i should say Mm -hmm. and uh you know it's uh it's all about the angles and the attitude the attitude you've got to have the attitude half uh 50 of blocking the shot is looking the guy in the eye and convincing him that you're gonna stop the shot Mm mm-hmm Great tips. So it's very mental. 
It's a very mental game. I was a goalkeeper in field hockey, Sean, which is uh, ice hockey without the ice. It's on grass, so that's my sure. experience. <laughs> which is a little bit more popular in Australia in terms of, you know, because we're generally a summer country, but um, yes. I uh, feel like that, I feel like that, what, what do you call the uh, the ball that you play with with field hockey? What do you call that? just called a hockey ball, essentially. A hockey ball. I yeah. feel like that might hurt more than a hockey puck. Am I right? They... Well, I mean, field players in field hockey, only, the only protection they wear are sort of shin guards and a mouth guard. So, okay. um, I mean, so, I've playing on the field, you'd get whacked in certain areas and you don't sort of have the protection as you do in ice hockey. So, so, yeah, so they, they are quite painful. Not strap, not, you're not wearing any uh, protective support on the... On the... Gen- generally not. not. Not a common thing in field hockey. Ah, so that's why are, a lot of them aren't fathers. tough, man. <laughs> <laughs> that is tough. Yes, yes. It's kind of like rugby. We don't wear padding. Like, you know, uh, there's a whole thing there in Australia. We don't wear protection. We like to try and just play tough. And Wow. And Yes, <laughs> we just play along with it. You, I mean, you're mentioning this tour that you're wanting to do, uh, and you're doing this with a, a Kickstarter campaign. Um, and, I mean, this also you mentioned in the video through this, doing this sort of tour comedy documentary, that you would potentially like to take this internationally if all things go well. I mean, could you bring it out to Australia perhaps, Sean? I would love to. I mean, that's really the intent. That's the, you know, the, the conceit behind it all. Like the the guy you mentioned, Nathan, was that his name? Yes, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I've I've just heard from people uh, internationally for the last ten or fifteen years, or even longer, that say that they started playing hockey because of these movies, and some of them have become goaltenders, and uh, you know that's that's the whole idea is being able to find some of these guys and going overseas and testing out my stand up act while at the same time. You know, getting to see the city a little bit and to see the, the you know the terrain. So you know, I I really got to get a hold of this guy. He would be the perfect uh, subject for me to go and and hang out with. So, exactly. You know, that's- right up my alley. It's exactly what I'm trying to do. We'll, uh, we'll keep you in the loop with that. I mean, just sort of looking here at the moment, uh, at the time of recording this, uh, you got about two weeks ago with this one. You're trying to get to, to $21,000 with this one. But I, I love, the thing I love about Kickstarter is that if, you know, certain people pledge a certain amount of money, they, um, they of course, get to get a reward, essentially, for it. Um, and, I mean, the, the top level here, if people listening to this want to pledge $3,500 or more, you get a producer credit. So if you ever want to be a producer, Producer, uh, here you go. Here's your opportunity. Um, you'll be, As your chance. You will. You'll be able to brag that you're a big shot. Um, and, I mean, you know, do they get to, like, go out and have a drink with you or something, Sean, here? I mean, do they get to chill? Absolutely. That's how we roll in California, Ben. Uh, if you're for <laughs> helping me produce this, we will definitely have a, have a drink. Uh, and one of the, one of the uh, less expensive rewards... Uh, I think it's twenty five hundred. I actually uh, will come play hockey with you, and you get to shoot, you know, slap shots at. Wow! Me. There you go. There's a lot of people that have been, uh, you know, they they message me all the time. Hey, will you come play hockey with us, <laughs> with me and my friends? So I figured that would be, a, you know, a good reward for some of the diehard fans that, you know, want to want to take me up on that. Uh, you help me make this uh, thing a reality, and uh, you'll have your wish come true. I think we need to get some uh, money together on this side of the world, bring you out here to uh, Tasmania, and uh, you know, get you out um, on our local rink here, Sean. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, that- that would be that would be my best case scenario, Ben. Yes. Well, actually, just quickly too. One thing that um, speaking of things in Australia, I I distinctly remember watching you in a, a TV film called Crazy for a Kiss, <laughs> um, which um, they aired here in Australia during the day in school holidays, <laughs> and it caused it caused headlines because there's quite a bit of 
foul language in this movie. Sure. Um, I, I don't know if you remember, uh, were aware, I should say, Sean, that you were a bit of a part, a bit of controversy here in Australia in the mid nineties. I had no idea. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, just the fact that you mentioned that movie is kind of odd because you know I shot it uh, many years ago and really haven't you know heard anything about it. <laughs> But uh, but that's very interesting. I'm going to try to Google see if I can find some old articles about that. That'd be a kick. Yeah, it was fascinating because I, I actually remember watching it and then um, it was sort of in the papers and that the next day. And my mum was reading it going, oh, this is disgusting. How do they show this movie during the day? And I'm sort of like, mum, I watched that movie. What? Why did you watch that movie? What are you doing? But I actually remember it. It's quite a good film from what I remember of it. Well, thank you. You know, I don't know if, if it was so offensive. It was... It was basically about a kid that was going through some trouble in his life, and he had some problems. And you know, it was about uh, you know, I guess Mike McShane was the guy who the story was written about. And uh, you know, I get, I get, you know, there was some language and there were some adult scenes in there, but I don't think it was too bad. I, I just remember I- a scene where your character really was trying to uh, get laid, essentially, <laughs> and um, they were trying to fire you up, and you were basically like, "I'm going to f whatever the character's name." And oh, you said right. it like about three or four times in a row, and I just remember that scene for some reason. Well, what I remember <laughs> most about it uh, was a very frightening moment. It was my first. I guess you would call it my first love scene. <laughs> and uh, I was very nervous about being nude. I didn't want to be nude at all. <laughs> and the producers assured me that uh, there was going to be no nudity involved. But on the first take, uh, my boxer shorts fell off, <laughs> uh, leaving me bare-assed. And I'm pretty sure that that uh, take was the one that ended up in the film. <laughs> so wow. I was kind of tricked into doing a nude scene, but that is really funny that you mentioned that, Ben. Wow, wow, there you go. If anyone wants to see Goldbird naked, uh, track down <laughs> uh, track down Crazy for a Kiss. I actually wouldn't mind Or you that. could just message me on Facebook. I'll, yes. you know, I'll send you a pic or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all the celebrities are doing it these days. Why not? Come on. That's, uh, the, that's the $800 reward on Kickstarter, Ben. Yes. Some nudie. I'll take some selfies. Some nudies. Now, Sean, we always wrap up every interview with a set of five uh, fun questions. Just before I get to those as well, another um, project you were involved in, of course, Freaks and Geeks, a huge cult following Freaks and Geeks, um, has sort of always been listed as one of the shows cancelled too soon. I think it was listed in the 100 greatest TV shows of all time yeah. uh, by Time magazine as well. I mean, how how is it working on this? I mean, this was sort of a show that really started the careers of some very big names in Hollywood today. That show was awesome to work on. Uh, I, I don't think I, I ever had or have since ever been in a room full of such talented people. Um, you know, I was in the band with uh, the rest of the band. I was a bass player, and the rest of the band was James Franco, Jason Siegel, Seth Rogen, and uh, it was just great playing with these guys who, you know, eventually turned out to be superstars. And uh, that was a Judd Apatow project, and I got hired on that because of my work in uh, Heavyweights. Yep. He wrote the picture Heavyweights. And uh, yeah, it was just really, something really special to be a part of, and uh, you know, I, I I always love watching the reruns of that because it reminds me of such happy times and such a good time, and all those guys are really awesome. I just did a show in uh, in Hollywood, California, at the Comedy Store, and they were really kind in helping me uh, promote it on on their Twitter and stuff. So that was just a great time, and yeah, that show was canceled way too soon. I think I've heard Judd Apatow, the creator of the show, say that everything he's done since then has been in retaliation for <laughs> that show having been canceled too soon. So, wow. <laughs> but at least we have it to look at, you know, and uh, you know, who knows, perhaps there'll be some kind of uh, film made. I hear, I hear, also hear chatter 
um, you know, in the pipeline about that too. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? That would be amazing, actually. I mean, it's, it's one of these shows that, I mean, I, I sort of wasn't really aware of until kind of they show late night on TV here in Australia. And sort of from what I have seen of it, I mean, it's one of these ones I'd love to be able to sort of sit down and watch properly. But uh, I think only 18 or so episodes were completed. Yeah. It's amazing yeah. to think so little. And it's got such a sort of a very uh, high uh, opinion in, in sort of in mainstream media, so to speak. Yeah, well, you know, on television, uh, on U.S. television, there's a lot of politics involved. And I think that show started airing at a time where, uh, you know, the network, uh, the uh, national broadcasting uh, company, just didn't have, didn't know which direction they were heading in. I'm not the authority really on what really went down, but I don't think it getting canceled had anything to do with the quality of the show. It was just that the, you know, the the executives uh, were kind of in a state of, uh, you know, unrest and, uh, you know, there were different things surrounding it, but I, I don't think it got canceled because nobody liked it. I think everyone loved that show. Mm, yeah, definitely people. Check it out if you haven't seen it, Freaks and Geeks. And as I said, Sean, we uh, wrap up every uh interview with five questions probably i usually say the easiest ones that you'll ever get in your entire career so um we'll see about that yeah we will and one of them what stumped ben. <laughs> well one of them i always kind of have to generally explain to our non-australian guests because it was based on an australian advertising campaign several years ago but we'll get to that in a second question number one sean weiss what is your favorite type of cheese uh without any doubt gouda gouda Yes. Now, um, love a nice sharp gouda. Talking about cheeseburgers before, would you have a <laughs> gouda cheeseburger at all, perhaps? Oh, you know, I never had one, but that sounds delicious. <laughs> I think I'm going to have that for dinner tonight. You will, and that's kind of going to help put the weight on for D four. Exactly. Down you, the line, you get me. You yes, get me. I do. I do. Now, uh, question number two. This is again based on an Australian advertising campaign several years ago for a toilet paper company. You know, it's going to go well when hmm. I say that. Uh, it essentially asked when you go to the bathroom. Do you fold or scrunch your toilet paper? So, Sean Weiss, when you go to the bathroom, do you fold or scrunch your toilet paper? Uh, ben, in all honesty, I wrap. You wrap? I wrap. I wrap it. I kind of roll it around the hand. <laughs> yes. That's kind of like the third <laughs> option, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with C. Yes. I have to go with C, and that's the truth. I'm not even trying to be sarcastic. We will accept that one. Uh, <laughs> question number three. Growing up, what was your dream job? I always wanted to be a, uh, an actor and a comedian. And it worked, didn't so, it? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm still trying to, I'm still doing it. You so, are? So, yeah. Yes. We... I think for a very small period of time, I wanted to be a shortstop for the New York Mets. <laughs> uh, and I used to play a lot of baseball in junior high school, and I was not bad. But then uh, one year we went we went for summer break and everyone came back and they had grown uh, taller and I just didn't get any taller and I could no longer hit the pitching. So mm. if anything other than a, a comedian or an actor, it would have been a uh, shortstop. And you went on to become a famous uh, ice hockey player instead. So. Goaltender. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, also growing up, who was your childhood celebrity crush? Childhood celebrity crush. I want to say Eddie Murphy, but that kind of makes me sound uh, gay, doesn't it? Well, look, at least it's kind of at that age, I suppose, when you couldn't distinguish whether or not you were meant to <laughs> like um, people in that way, if you know what I mean. If I had a backup answer, there was a uh, 
a female a female a show on television in the states called Punky Brewster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You familiar with this uh, at all? I have heard of it. Yes, yes. And the uh, the lead actress's name was Soleil Moon Fry. Soleil and Moon I was Fry. definitely in love with her, wow. Punky Brewster. Okay, for then. sure. We'll take that one then. How does that sound? <laughs> uh, final question for you today, Sean. Wants, what is your worst habit? Uh, I smoke cigarettes. Smoke cigarettes. I'm trying to quit cigarettes, but that's definitely my worst habit. It's when people can admit it on this show. I, I stand up and applaud because um, <laughs> you, you're trying, I suppose. To uh... I am definitely trying, man. I'm trying with the vape. <laughs> I'm trying. I've tried cold turkey. I, I've tried everything. So that is, you know, my biggest vice, and uh, I work. I work towards it every day. That being said, I'm currently looking for my my cigarettes and my lighter because I know we're wrapping up. Soon. <laughs> the stress of this interview has just brought you to smoke. Yeah, you, I'm going to smoke too now. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, uh, <laughs> people can uh, uh, listen to this interview. Of course, can uh, help contribute to Sean's back on the map comedy tour documentary uh, by supporting him on Kickstarter. We're going to provide links on our website, our Facebook pages, Twitter uh, this morning, and you can uh, check it all out. That would be and, uh, excellent, Ben. That was so nice. Hey, ben, what's this guy's name again? Nathan what? Nathan Walker. Nathan Walker. Nathan Walker, because this guy, I mean, I got to get in touch with him. This is exactly the kind of guy that I'm trying to link up with to help make this documentary. It would be, so it would be good to see it, actually, because, you know, he, he made some sort of headlines here, the first Australian to ever make it into the NHL, drafted by the Washington Capitals, and, wow. you know, this would all come full circle. You, you're going to have to try to help me uh, get in touch with Nathan, man. We shall, we shall. I can definitely awesome. put you in connection. But, uh, Sean, pleasure having you on the show, mate. Good, good luck with all this. Hope to stay in touch with you. Let us know how it all goes, and, um, yeah, great to have you on the show this morning. Excellent. It is the last segment of the show, and we are wrapping it up. I was very proud of you for pretty much getting all those AFL songs. There's only really Melbourne and North Melbourne. Well, the Melbourne was hard because they don't really say the name of the song. So um, we heard from Colin earlier this episode talking about your fearless leader. Um, do you have any comment to make on Mr. Mister Trudeau? <laughs> no, she's shaking her head, by the way, just for people at home who can't see because they're listening to this as an audio podcast. She's um, She's shaking her head. As a no. Uh, we'll be back next week with more of the usual stuff. More of Mallory being interested and doing things. Uh, this week on the Ben and Mal Variety Hour, we'll also be back. And uh, are you excited for that? She's nodding ahead. Cool. All right. Um, until next week again, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, all the relevant channels, and... Oranges! <laughs> uh, and... Oranges! <laughs> Do, do we want to do this properly or... <laughs> we can't say oranges this week because they choked yesterday. Uh, and before we go, one final reminder... Oranges! <laughs> Maybe keep sucking those oranges. Oranges! <laughs> Until next week, Hobo Chicago, please do keep sucking those... Oranges! <laughs> and good night. <laughs>